Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey lady, if you're looking for an extra dose of that behind the scenes content Terry and I put out after every episode, go to herspacepodcast.com, click Wisdom Wednesdays with Terry, and you will be taken to our Patreon page where for a limited time, you will have free access to our content. We hope you check it out and become a subscriber. I mean, I think about our conversation that we had with Dr. Candace Hargens a couple of weeks ago, right? Of just being in touch sensually, right? That not even necessarily trying to achieve like sexual pleasure, but the thing that resonated with me was about, okay, well, take some coconut oil or some shea butter and just massage your own body, right? And so I think it's even small things like that that allow us to get in touch with what really feels good for us. And I think even in that act, then we could get to a space of like what Dr. James was saying about recognizing that, oh, it's not just my genitalia that receives pleasure, that, oh, me nicely massaging this coconut oil into my elbow feels really good. Or maybe my hip feels really good. You know, like places on the body that we wouldn't necessarily associate with sexual pleasure, we can learn to have those spaces become pleasure zones for us. Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from the Herspace Podcast, and I have a question for you. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have you been thinking to yourself, you know what? I want to start a podcast, but you just haven't taken the leap. If that's you, I got you. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your own podcast from start to finish. So visit terrylomax.com and click on the pink link in the middle of your screen and register for my free podcasting masterclass. All right, lady, today we have a very special guest and I have a feeling that this is going to be a fun episode with a lot of laughter. So get yourself ready, okay? We have Dr. James Wadley. He is a professor and chair of the Counseling and Human Services Department at Lincoln University and the director of the Sex Therapy Program at Council for Relationships in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. As a scholar practitioner, he is a licensed professional counselor and maintains a practice in the states of Pennsylvania and New Jersey. He is the founding editor of the scholarly interdisciplinary journal, the Journal of Black Sexuality and Relationships. 
Dr. Wadley received his Doctorate of Philosophy degree in education from the University of Pennsylvania with a concentration in educational leadership and human sexuality education. There's so much more that we could share about Dr. Wadley, but we're just going to go ahead and dive into the conversation. So I want to also say shout out to a Philly native, a fellow Philly native here, Dr. Wadley. Welcome to Her Space. Thank you so much for having me and a shout back to you from the city of brotherly love. So great to be on her podcast with two dynamic ladies. And I'm looking forward to this conversation this morning, even though it's what, it's seven o'clock for y'all, it's 10 o'clock for me. We're going to get it started. We're going to get turn it up and have a dynamic conversation. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. And we are going to dive right into this dynamic conversation with our quote of the day. Now, Dr. Wiley, this quote may sound pretty familiar to you because it's one of yours. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't ready for that, but okay. (laughs) Let me cross my fingers and hopefully I said something halfway intelligent, but go ahead. Our quote of the day, the best of sex is the best of you. All right. So hopefully you found that quote to be halfway intelligent or halfway reflective of your intelligence. But what we're curious about is what does that really mean? The best of sex is the best of you. Probably when I offered it, a lot of my work is centered around ideologies around feminism. And most ideologies around feminism center themselves around individual empowerment, right? So what do I need in order to be the best person for me? What do I need in order to be the best person for me within the context of a relationship? So the best sex comes from me, starts with me, and ends with me. A lot of times people are thinking that their partners are responsible for their own pleasure. But then how limiting is that? That people surrender their power to other people, surrender their sexuality to other people. But if I reclaim my power and reclaim my sexual self, now my pleasure and my sexual self is up to me. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Come on. Okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Okay. So there's a bunch of pieces where I could hop in, but where I really want to hop in is this notion of empowerment and understanding that a person's sexuality is based on themselves as an individual and not the responsibility of another person. But historically, that is how a lot of women have been socialized. And so how do we break from that socialization? Right. So the roundabout answer is that some families, many families, teach their girls to be passive. They teach their girls to be passive. They teach their girls to be dependent. They teach their girls to, to some extent, be caretakers and nurturers. And all of those traits are fine. But when it comes to them having the kinds of sexual experiences that some girls may want, it's limiting that you got to wait on a man or wait on a partner or somebody to come and give you an orgasm? How limiting is that? You got to wait on somebody to come and take you out to dinner or to the movies. And if you don't have a partner 
than you just sitting at home mad? How limiting is that? So if you look at some of the fairy tales that we have for our children, Cinderella had to wait on some dude to find the damn shoe to come and bring her back her shoe that she lost out of negligence. She was the only one in the story who had a curfew, right? And she had to go home. And long story short, this dude found this shoe. He traveled all throughout the land, assuming that ain't no, he ain't hook up with nobody else because everybody was trying to get with the prince, right? And then he show up, he put the shoe on her foot, and then she get to leave, right? Then Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, she running through the woods, and then she falls, she rendered herself unconscious. Then she got these seven dudes who got to find her. They take her back to the spot, to the trap, right? We can keep it funky, right? Of course. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We, we, they, these seven dudes going to take her back to the trap. She laying there unconscious. And you know all of them had to try to take a kiss out of her. So what does that mean when we talk about necrophilia? You got these dudes who are into kissing bodies that are rendered in a corpse. Come on now. So nevertheless, she had to wait on some other dude to come and make out with her comatose body to wake her up so that way she could have that. So nevertheless, we teach our girls to be passive and submissive and dependent and all those other things. And what's unfortunate, like I said, is that when they get to their adult relationships, they continue to be dependent and they continue to bend themselves and contort themselves to their partner's needs rather than claiming their own sexuality and their own sexual selves in doing whatever it is that they want to do to experience pleasure. That is so powerful. And what a way to take our power back as women. It really goes up against everything we learned about. I know in my religious household, everything we learned about masturbation, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, why not explore your body so you can know how to get yourself off before you introduce it to someone else, right? And so it makes me think about the times that we're in right now, Dr. James. And so when you think about any trends that you may have noticed as it relates to sex and intimacy, since we've been in this time of COVID-19. Is there anything that comes to mind for you around that? I just had this conversation with some other folks. So the trends are, so we're assuming that some people are doing the quarantine, right? And, you know, you with your partner, short term, long term, y'all get booed up for these four, five, six months, right? To the, hope maybe, possibly to the exclusion of others. So y'all in y'all house all day, every day with your kids. With your mom and daddy, who you taking care of, ain't nobody leaving. So intimacy comes in a different form because before the quarantine, we were together and I could see you, but then I could go home or I could see you and we could go to our separate rooms. But now we all in the same room because we got to teach our kids, everybody learning from home, right? So intimacy, what I share with my couples is that, look, You know, you have to be intentional about carving out time to have the kind of intimate encounter that you may want to have. And it may come in a different form. So we're not having chandelier hanging sex when mom and dad in the other room. You got the kids trickling in. You got your kids here for the weekend. Right. So now they up at all hours of the night. So we got to come up with some sort of intimacy. So what I talk to my couples about, like, you know, when's the last time you didn't had your elbows tickle? Right. So that's going to be our sign that we need to meet up in the car, right? We can go out back and meet up in the car, or we don't necessarily have to leave our property, right? We can go right in the back of the house, depending upon where you live, 
We can go to that stairwell, right? So you have to be creative and imaginative around what intimacy looks like as well as how intimacy is expressed. So now when folks come and see me, we got we work out hand signals. So if, for those of you on this her podcast, for those of you who are baseball enthusiasts, you got a first base coach and a third base coach. You got the batter in the box, the batter steps out of the box, looks down at the third base coach or the first base coach. You got hand signals going on. First base coach is telling you to bunt or whatever. So now I got my couples doing this. Like this mean that I want you to, you know, have some sex with me tonight. Tickle the nose. You scratch your chin. That means that I want you to go down on me. You got to get some of this coochie. You got to get some of this D tonight. Come on now, her podcast, folks. And if I go like this, if I reach under my underarms, that means that I want you to kiss my hairy armpits, right? It's Come on. I know it's some her podcast folks out there in the kissing armpits, right? Better go ahead. This is this is a no judgment free zone. So whatever yes, it is. is. We got to work out some signals. We got to do something in order to have, in order for us to continue to have the passionate relationship or the intimacy that we'd want to have. I love that. Lean into creativity. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And I can imagine that leaning into that creativity could enhance the relationship, add some extra excitement. Mm-hmm. But what about for those people? Because I've heard in some instances that quarantine has significantly decreased people's sex drive. And like people who may be living alone or not partnered, they're not masturbating as much as they used to. They don't feel a need to go out and or find ways to seek pleasure. Would you consider that problematic or would you consider that part of the times or something else? I would say it's part of the times where the unemployment rate is, what, 20%, 15 20%, whatever it is. And you with your partner and your partner is making overtures for sex. Well, how the hell are we going to have sex and you've been sitting at home all damn day watching court TV? You sitting up there watching TV all day and you think you're going to get some? And then when you when you trying to crawl up all on me, that you you just thinking I'm going to be all into you and I've been working hard, I've been taking care of the kids, taking care of your parents, taking care of your brother, and your brother don't even want to wear a mask when he come up in this house. And I'm thinking about how they do and you try And you trying to come up in here, you trying to get some sugar? Hell no. Absolutely not. Get your shit together. You're not running the streets, right? You're not coming up in the streets thinking I'm just going to give it up to you. And right. you know what? If you got a problem with me masturbating, you know what I tell my couples? Masturbation doesn't have to be a solo activity. We, you can you can sit right over there in the corner, in time out, and watch me play with myself, with all my time out. I love it. <laughs> so again, it's about being taken into account. You know what the challenges are, because some people again they're struggling with unemployment, they're struggling with systemic oppression, they're struggling with racism, they're struggling with all these different macro level dynamics that then filter themselves down into the relationship. And if you and I weren't really that close before the quarantine, now I got to spend all day every day with your tired ass. You sitting up there playing video games 24-7-365, or you on your phone, you tweeting out, you on Instagram, you posting up all these nasty pictures for everybody else. I'm sorry. Let me be sex positive. 
all these sexy, <laughs> all these, all these sexy pictures on Instagram, and then you come to bed, you got rollers in your head, you got crust in your eye, your ass ain't been washed in two, three days. Talking about what I need to bathe for, you oh. ain't been nowhere. So no, it's not going down like that. It's not. It's not. You preaching. I love it. But that's the real. That is the real. That is the honest yes. God truth right there. And so, Dr. James, when it comes to dating in this time, because I've definitely chatted with some friends who are dating and they're just like, it's hard. So whether it's dating or shoot, we're all grown here. Whether you're trying to hook up, how do you do that safely when our safety is a huge concern right now? Well, unfortunately, sometimes people throw safety out the door, they get online, meet somebody, Tender, Bumble, Match, eHarmony. eHarmony, that's for old folks. I'm showing my age here. <laughs> they get online and they meet these folks. Johnny, Joe, and Sarah look, look real good. Like, oh, he fine, she fine, they fine. So I'm going to go out. They may wear their mask on that first time. But then because just because we've been chatting, just because we've been instant messaging or whatever, the assumption is that he or she takes care of themselves. And unfortunately, a lot of people expose themselves to whatever based upon how attractive somebody is. So when you go out, you got to protect yourself because you can carry you know, the virus around for you for at least a couple of weeks. And half of us black folks, half of us ain't been tested. We making the assumption that just because we live on the same block in the same town, hell, I was driving around North Philadelphia, everybody riding around. Hey, ain't nobody got their damn mask on. Like, put your mask on. <laughs> they, they at the corner, but standing outside and smiling with each other. And it's like, come on, y'all. <laughs> like, really? So if you dating, you know, put your mask on. You want to be with somebody, continue to have conversations about protecting yourself and not even wearing a mask. God damn it, wear a damn condom if you out. You know, just because you see somebody who look good, ain't no sense in you hopping in the bed with them and not wearing a condom. Then you got past partners coming up out the woodwork because they sitting at home lonely, right? They looking for somebody and they calling up all them exes that they didn't want to deal with. And so, you know, mm-hmm. have to have conversations about not only protecting yourself from the virus, but also protecting yourself from a sexually transmitted infection. Nice. So beware of those hey big head text messages. Mm-hmm. Right? Beware. What you doing? What you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> Can we do nothing together? Right. Right. <laughs> Let me pass on through. Oh, when's the last time you went to go get tested? Your ass ain't coming up over here. Not only you ain't been tested, but I know your ass is quarantining. You didn't bathe when we were in the relationship. Now that I know your ass ain't been doing nothing, I know your ass nasty. You're not <laughs> over here and crawling in my bed with these duvet covers, with these silk sheets, with my 1,600 count sheets that I got imported from Egypt. Come on now. You're not crawling your nasty ass in the bed. Go watch. All of that. All of that. All of that. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> Now, let's say that we told this person, yeah, keep your nasty ass at home. You ain't wash your ass, ain't coming over here. Can't come over. Can't come over. Not can't. 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 
how do we focus on ourselves then? Because at some point we are going to get horny. We are going to want something, Mm -hmm. right? So then how do we focus on, how can we use this time to focus on understanding our bodies and our own like liberated pleasure? So first, we have to learn about our own bodies and what turns us on and what turns us off. What turned me on before COVID-19 may be significantly different now that I've been in quarantine. That, again, I may like the backs of my knees touched or tickled. I may like behind my ears rubbed or whatever. I may want the base of my chin to be massaged, right? So when we spend time with our partners, we have to be open and willing and courageous enough to teach, reteach our partners that we find pleasure in other areas of our body. More often than not, when people come in to see me for sex therapy, they're very genitally focused. They're only focusing in on the vulva, the penis, maybe the behind and maybe the mouth. And that's it. But, you know, we have a myriad of parts that can be erogenous zones. And so if we're not willing to learn it on our own, then how can we expect our partners to read our minds and know that, you know, we like our eyebrows caressed, right? So it's about having those empowered conversations for for my clients and for couples to have a different experience of themselves. And I'm assuming that this time period that we're in, right, this unprecedented time period is bringing up a lot of reflection for folks. And so let's say that there is a couple and they haven't had these conversations before. They weren't this, you know, intimately connected as it relates to discussing their pleasure and, you know, what turns them on. Do you have any tips on like how to navigate that conversation if this is brand new territory for a couple? I would say that. Hey, honey, I got on the Her podcast and I heard a wonderful conversation about pleasure and maybe even about fantasy and desire. And I was curious to learn more about what turns you on and what turns you off, as well as maybe what you even fantasize about. So some couples may be like, huh? let me turn on her podcast and see what they actually said, right? So then they hear us having conversations about different erogenous zones. And you, a person can say to his or her partner that, okay, if you're not quite sure what turns me on, let's have a conversation about it. But I'm going to put my hand over yours and I'm going to guide your hand over my body where I like to be touched. So folks would have to be willing to slow down their genitally performative previous experiences and take time out to allow themselves to be guided by their partners over where they would like to be touched. I love that. Yeah. And so then what that brings me to then is how are folks having therapy during times of quarantine? Like, how are you? Because like, I know that like some of the work that I'm doing is telehealth, right? And so how is that working? How is couples therapy? How is sex therapy working over the computer? Or maybe in some cases over the phone. It's a little bit different, obviously, because we're not in person. But, you know, I am able to see enough. We do a Zoom call. I'm able to see enough with my couples for those couples where it is face to face, where, you know, if in fact we are going to do some form of, or I invite my couples to do some form of sensei focus exercises, I'll literally say, put your hand over your partner's hand 
and place your partner's hand over your body where you would like to be touched and place your partner's hand over your body where you would like for his or her hand to go to. And they can understand that. that yeah, and they can understand and they can actually see me do it. And then, you know, I, sometimes I'll have clients, you know, pull out whatever toys. Like, oh, I, you got toys under the bed? You got toys in the closet? What, where the hell did this come from? So, I, you know, I'm like, all right, well, let's pull them out, you know, pull or pull out what you would like to feel comfortable. No pun intended. So then they, they pull the <laughs> out. And then, you know, we talk about it and talk about what the interpretations of having those toys mean. But then we also have to have a conversation around the notion of secrecy in the relationship. That sometimes partners don't feel comfortable talking about their toys because there's been some sort of impediment or some sort of relational obstruction that hasn't allowed them to feel liberated or feel free enough to talk about it. So then, and if they don't want to bring their toys out, then I bring my toys out like, look, okay, you can play with this vibrator, you can play with this dildo, you can play with these cuffs, you can play with these blindfolds, you can play with these restraints, you can play with these clamps, whatever it is. And, you know, then we can have a conversation. And would you say there are any signs, let's say there is a couple that's listening and a woman has gone to her partner, like, you got to listen to the Herspace podcast and see what Dr. James Wadley's talking about. And they think that they may be ready for couples counseling. Are there any signs that a couple would benefit in scheduling a session with a therapist? Yeah. So sometimes couples may struggle with communication. They may struggle with the interpretations of the communication, which is, yes, it's important that you talk to your partner, but then you are also learning about your partner when he or she isn't saying anything. So what do those times mean? That for one person, it may be like, we ain't got nothing to talk about. But then sometimes people feel a certain level of disconnect. We all in the house all day, every day. Ain't nobody saying anything. And one person is saying like, oh, well, he must be here. She must be tripping. They, he or she is always on their phone. And you talk, you chatting up everybody else, but you ain't got nothing to say to me. So, you know, we can have, that's a particular signal for folks to come in for therapy. Then sometimes couples struggle with parenting issues where, yes, we're at home. We talking about getting it in. You ain't really horny. I ain't really horny. So then, you know, are we supposed to be having sex right now? Well, what are you entitled? Are you, are you entitled to my body? And if we, if we do have sex, you know, can it be as fulfilling as it may have been or not? Before COVID-19, now that your mom and daddy stand with us and your mom and daddy getting up three, four, five times at night, I'm not having that. I'm not ready for him or her to be looking at me sideways when they hear me yelling your name out. Like, why you got to yell my name out at two and three and four o'clock in the morning? And then your mom and daddy knock on the door, talking about what y'all doing. Mom and daddy should know, though. Because that's how we all got here. Yeah, they know, but they don't want to talk about it. And that's the difference. Exactly. <laughs> and then I can see that whole picture vividly. Thank you, Dr. James. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. But speaking of mama and daddy, though, so one of the things that people don't often like to acknowledge is that older folks are still sexual beings. Yeah. And so mom and daddy are staying in our house. Mm-hmm. They're getting it in. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't think they not. <laughs> Don't think they not. They getting it in. Mom and daddy, they got their toys. They got their restraints. They got their swings. They got their clamps. 
They want it all. <laughs> they want it all. They got all kinds of kink-related items. And those What's people, true, right? and dad, they probably doing threesomes and orgies. <laughs> Come on, my Oh, but you're right. right. <laughs> but you're right. Because as soon as you started saying that, I was like, no, we don't want to think about mom and daddy in their 70s. Like... Having three but you're right. Going to the club. (laughs) Oh, they be up in there. Come on now. You're right. Mm. You're right. We don't. We might not want to acknowledge that, but you are absolutely right. That like Mm -hmm. at any age. Yeah. And so now I'm gonna swing it all the way back around to our kids. And so, what messaging do you think that we should be giving our young kids about their bodies and sexual health during this time? Yeah, I think we, as parents and our guardians, that we need to teach our kids to be body positive and sex positive and teach our kids, one, the medically appropriate language. So, for kids I've worked with, you know, we say that this is my head, these are my eyes, these are my nose, this is my mouth, these are my boobies, or these are my breasts, right, or chest, or this is my stuff, this is my PP, this is my snatch, this is my whatever, but this is my vulva, and this is my penis. And so, one, we have to give or equip or empower our kids with medically accurate terms, right? That's one. But then two, we need to teach our kids the value of consent, right? And we also need to teach our kids the value of negotiating their bodies with people or not, right? So if it's mom and dad, we may need to bathe our smaller children, but then it may not be appropriate for cousin Bob or uncle John or aunt Susie to bathe our kids. We have con- we have active conversations about that. For our once our kids reach puberty, we talk to them about their physiological changes, and we talk about wet dreams, right, nocturnal emissions, and then we talk about menarche or the onset of one's menstruation or girl's menstruation, and we talk about all these different changes that occur in a body, and then also talk with our kids about how their identities may shift, right. So you're going to spend time with this group of friends. You're going to spend time with this group of friends. You're going to spend time with another group of friends. And then pulling it all together in a way that says this is what our family believes in terms of healthy sexuality or our healthy sexual selves, which is this is maybe we should wait until we're in a committed relationship or wait until you're in a committed relationship before you have sexually intimate contact with somebody, right? Or maybe you should have the skills to have a conversation about what liking somebody means or what loving somebody means or what friendship may mean. And so as we continue to have these conversations with our kids, our kids feel empowered. So it sounds like being upfront, not beating around the bush, using cold words, but just being real with them is going to go a long way. Right. Exactly. That's powerful. Now, Dr. James, we have a segment on our show that typically shifts up the energy. Right. So I want to tell you a little bit about this segment, and then we're going to invite you to participate with us if you feel comfortable. All right. So no pressure. No pressure. Of course, no pressure. No I'm pressure. Good. No one's listening here. <laughs> 
So because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be classy and ratchet, it's okay for you to, you know, you could be elegant and still dance to strip club music. We want to invite you to the OU Clatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? I guess. <laughs> I, guess. I appreciate that we just had a conversation about it. Come on now. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So we'll start with an easy question. Outside of your profession, what topic can you talk about all day long? Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. There we go. There we go. The Pittsburgh Steelers. We three and one this year. You know, the Titans, they ducked us this past week and talking about COVID-19. And so, you know, we, we got a young, hungry bunch with our fearless leader, Ben Roethlisberger, coming back. So, you know, we ready for these Eagles this weekend. We gonna, they going to come into town. We're going to beat them down. And we're going to send them back on their way. But, you know, the NFC East is raggedy. So they'll still be at the top of their division with a one and four record. I recognize that, but that's not a championship caliber team. But, you know, I'm going to turn into CBS. I get, yeah, the game will be on CBS this week and I'm going to tune in. I'm not going down. I'm not going to Pittsburgh because of COVID-19 and the quarantine, but I'm going to be right in front of that TV watching my boys play. So yeah, I could talk about it all day. Every day. Yes. I know our yes. sports fans are going crazy. <laughs> right, right. And I all the way up to. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I know we have some fans from other teams who are going to be listening like, Mm-mm, we're not with it, but... That means I I'm, need to spend more time on your show. That's all that is. <laughs> 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 it's a lot of non-believers out there. Come on, y'all. There's plenty of room on this bandwagon. <laughs> <sighs> I'm from New Orleans, so I can't. That's another topic for another day. Another top right. So, our next question, twerk or two-step or neither? I would say both. Like, who wants a woman or person, man, whoever, who can only do one? Y'all just said y'all trying to be classy and ratchet. Come on now, give it to me both ways, right? Oh, 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 okay. There we go. There we go. The time to I love it. Step, I want you to feel comfortable enough in your skin to twerk. And the time that it's time to twerk, I want you to feel comfortable enough with me to two step. So I yeah, you gotta be versatile. <laughs> he said, I want both of them. Switch it up for me. Okay, okay. Now, Dr. James, how do you want to be remembered? Mm, I just want to be remembered as good dude, family dude, good husband, definitely good father professionally probably a provocateur i run in you know a few conservative circles and i find myself to be the outlier the black sheep probably because you know i'm the only one to sexuality education but you know i as a provocateur i want people to be able to think differently about themselves the relationships that they construct and maintain or sever and feel empowered enough to make a different set of decisions based upon you know what we've talked beautiful thank you for that i love that and now we're, we're gonna switch that up we're gonna go all the way to the other side and now professionally you like to be a provocateur now to really be provocative what would your stripper name be y'all allowed to cuss on here of absolutely course. i'm excited for this one <laughs> that's a good question 
the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> so I'm, I'm scared to say it because I don't know what the reason no. would be. Would be, you know what? My stripper name would be that Ninja James. Here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> to the stage, everybody. That Ninja James. There we go. I love All it. Right. I love it. So people start commenting on social media with that name, Dr. James. Don't don't blame us for that. But that's right. a good name. <laughs> James. Hey. There we go. Dr. James, this was so fun, so enlightening, and we really just want to first acknowledge you for the work that you do in the field that you're in, being oftentimes, I'm sure, the representative for us, right, being in the spaces that you occupy. And we're really excited that we had a chance to have this conversation, and we'd love for our listeners to know where can they connect with you if they're interested to sign up for therapy, purchase your books, give us your info. We want to connect them with you. So for you younger folks, you got to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, PhD James W. You can find me at drjameswadley.com. That's my website. Google me. <laughs> I come up in any number of different places. And shit, that's all I got. Just Google my name and I come up. But, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate. I have a lot of talented people around me. Juiced a few books. Not just me, but the people in my circle. First book that I, that I wrote was Would You Marry You? came out about 10 years ago and it's a provocative book about people thinking about thinking about how they present themselves to others and whether or not they would marry themselves my second book was the lost and found box so people give up portions of themselves or all of themselves to build or maintain a relationship and then they look up 5 10 20 30 years from now they realize that they've lost themselves and like well who the hell am i so the book is about rediscovering oneself the third book that I came out with is edited Ricky Siegel based out of Florida. It's the Art of Sex Therapy Supervision. It's a book for nerds. And yeah, it's a book for nerds in that, you know, if you have an interest in doing sex therapy supervision, you can read the contributions of scholars around the country. That book won the American Association of Sex Educators, Counseling and Therapists Book of the Year Award in 2019. And then my last book is the Handbook of Sexuality Leadership. And that book was written because uh, I wanted people to think about how they impact and influence not only marginalized communities, but communities in general, that we can have influence over people we never never even come into contact with. So there's four books. I'm working on my next documentary. First documentary was Raw to Real, Drugs, Race, and Sex in Trenton. And it looked at components of intersectionality, as well as how people manage, the, manage those oppressed identities around addiction. And then my next documentary is on uh, restorative. It's called the Philadelphia Restorative Justice Project, where we look at both conservative and liberal ideologies around activism and what that looks like. So I wear a number of different hats and I do a number of different things. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be a black male sex therapist in these days. Yes, it is. Wow. 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 Thank you so much for joining us today in her space. And you know what, Dominique? I forgot. You know, we're supposed to be going down to St. Thomas for our fifth Ring Roundtable series. So we host an event, the Association of Black Sexologists and Clinicians. We meet down in St. Thomas every year. And we went on Zoom last year. And I mean, you could see the sadness in people's eyes. So this year, I'm like, look, 
I'm going to be in St. Thomas. We can all be in our rooms and have our meeting, right? And then we can social distance on the beach, right? So there's that. That's coming up in the last week in April. Carnival may or may not be going on, but St. Thomas, it's a place for healing. It's a place for restoration. And so everybody be in their own hotel rooms. We can come out and get us some Emerald Sunsets. But we'll be right there on that island. And then this time next year, we'll be in Santa Marta, Colombia, for our international lecture series. So, yeah, that's, those are the other hats that I wear. That's amazing. I need to, I think I'm in the wrong field. That sounds incredible. And your work is very impressive, Dr. James Wiley. And we just want to thank you again for being in her space. Yeah, y'all need to come down to St. Thomas and do a podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Now. Yes. There we go. Yes. I was going to a reason to get me there, Dom. So there we go, right there. We got a reason now. <laughs> yes. We configured the budget now. <laughs> yes. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to be on your show. And if I can offer my sentiments or be of any support to you all, please just let me know. Thank you. We so appreciate it. Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the HerSpace Podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit HerSpacePodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but it is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerSpacePodcast, or check out our website at HerSpacePodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Although my plans may change, I will stay committed to my purpose. We'll see you next week, lady.